Hail and well met, everybody. Welcome to Geek Thyself, a show by nerds, for nerds, who love geeking out over random facts and esoteric trivia. My name is Heather. I'm Russell. And we'll be your hosts for this journey through the wondrous land of information. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Geek Thyself. And I waved hello, even uh, though you can't see me. <laughs> I mean, we, we do that. Like with all of our actions, like our quotations, I know. And like, <laughs> yeah, we're really bad at it, well, but it's fine. I think it's partly because we're on video together, so yeah, our brains that, are automatically like, we're on stream, mm-hmm. let's do motions, but we're not on stream. We're just podcasting. No, <laughs> no. Uh, I I don't know if the gig itself is the right format for a video. I don't. I don't. Uh, no. I don't know. I mean. Just our face doesn't exactly, you know. Well, okay, it would be good for a video if we had it animated. Yeah, but that's like a lot of work. I know, that's the problem. We would have to yeah. do like much shorter, um, yeah. much shorter talking or, points. Or it's stop motion animation, like where the mouth is like, basically like it's cartoon, like mm-hmm. stickmen where our mouths just open mm-hmm. as we're talking and then they're close. Yes, or talking heads. Having the little yeah, owl yeah. and the little cat moving around yeah, yeah, and just, uh, yeah, as yeah, we're yeah. talking. Like, it would have to be something really simple like that. Otherwise, it'd be yeah, way yeah. too much. Absolutely. Especially if we put an episode out every week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that, oh, my God. That'd, that'd be, be so much. Yeah. Uh, and I couldn't do that. I don't know who would have to get to do that either. <laughs> but, yeah, no. We'd have to, like, pay somebody because neither of us can draw. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I can draw stick men. <laughs> Same. But that's not going to work well for what we're talking about. I mean, we could draw stick men, just have one with glasses and one with cat ears, and then they just bounce up and down. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess that's true. That would work. Yeah. I don't know if it'd be quality content. <laughs> no. Speaking of, our topic this week. <laughs> <laughs> quality content. Oh, boy. Since we yes. went off on tangents again, like we always do. Is, yeah, it's fine. Uh, Valentine's Day. Yes, it is because it's this week, or it will be when this episode comes out. Because yeah. the magic of editing means that this was recorded not on Valentine's Day, right? Hmm. But it's being released two days before Valentine's Day. Yes, it is. Uh, and either way, I assume you'd be busy on Valentine's Day. Oh, actually, I've never asked. Do you actually care that much about Valentine's Day? No. <laughs> No? So... Did you ever? No. No, that's fair. No. Uh, so when I was in school, I cared a little bit because there's always mm. a Valentine's Day party. So you, you care about getting, yeah. like, cute Valentines yeah, to yeah. give to all your classmates. Mm-hmm. But that was really the extent of it. Beyond that, I've never really cared about Valentine's Day. Yeah. Um, I've never really cared too much about it either. Yeah. Um, just because... It always felt very commercialized. Yeah. For, for one thing, so oh yeah, these roses. Last week they were t- like ten pounds for a dozen. Now they're thirty-five, and you're gonna pay it. <laughs> and tomorrow yeah. they'll be thirty-five p. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty ridiculous. And the other thing is yeah. too, um, Valentine's Day is two days before my birthday. Uh, so for me, Valentine's Day always had a slight sour note to it because, like, I could never hold my birthday parties right 
on my birthday weekend because it was usually whatever weekend was closest to Valentine's Day and people's parents would have plans and stuff. So we always had to work around it. See, that's really interesting too because mine's the 18th, just two days later. Mm -hmm. So, like, we're we're, we're very similar to that. So, um, I don't... Although we didn't really have too many parties to to worry about, to be honest, I I wasn't exactly the party going kid, <laughs> or the party hosting kid, not really my thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. I didn't have very big parties. Several years, it was no. just like a couple of people coming over to oh, watch yeah, movies yeah. or something. Yeah, that's totally cool. And also, I'm disappointed that this month isn't Friday the thirteenth, and it was so close, so close. It was close. But... That is true. Mhm. Mhm. I, but, I nearly had the thought of what if what if Valentine's Day was on Friday the 13th I'm like wait <laughs> impossible uh, <no. laughs> doesn't work impossible. doesn't work mm. uh, oh boy so yeah <laughs> uh, I, I've never really cared about it one because I've never had relationships to care about it with and the one which I've currently got uh, neither of us care either so yeah. And to be clear, we're not trying to say that you shouldn't care about Valentine's Day. It's no. totally up to you how, how you feel about it. It just so happens that neither of us care. No, I'm probably still going to spend time with my partner on that day. But I'm not going to do the whole traditional thing of doing something on that day, is, is, is my point. Exactly. Like, I don't necessarily like the idea of being socially contracted into it. It's like, this is the day, you got to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that's part of it for me, too, is, like, if it was... Yeah. You shouldn't be told once a year, this is a day you have to be romantic. You should no. just be romantic when you want to be romantic. Okay. Um, I actually... I, I, no, carry on, carry on, carry um, on. One of my friends, actually, she and her husband, because they agree with what I just said, what they do yeah. every year is they do an anti-Valentine's Day, Valentine's Day thing. Oh, nice. So they watch bad action movies. Like, nice. they'll pick a different action star every year, and they watch some of their bad action movies. Nice. And then they go to Denny's. Sounds like a good day. Yeah. Like, that's what they do. They watch bad action movies and go to Denny's, and that's their Valentine's Day tradition. Can't say I'm super familiar with what Denny's is, but... <laughs> um, oh, God. I, I don't know of any chains in England that I could give you a comparison for. Do you guys have like IHOP? No. Okay. But so so basically, it's like it's a cheap diner. Essentially. Yeah, yeah. I get you. It's a it's like a che- an inexpensive diner chain that's known for primarily breakfast foods like pancakes and stuff. Oh, it's eight thirty in the morning. and You're talking about breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, no, it's great. Um, so yeah. Uh, no, just Valentine's Day. I don't like the idea of having it just because of that. And I am also the biggest sappy person, hopeless romantic, you're ever going to meet. You think I can contain it for just one day? No. My partner tells me I'm adorable every other day, and I'm not even trying that. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, no, containing it for one day would just not work out for me. I'd physically combust. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you'd explode. It wouldn't work well. No. Um, But for for those who do celebrate Valentine's Day, you're aware it's on February 14th. 
Yes, every, every year. Every year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's a, uh, it's definitely more of a Western Christian holiday originally. Uh, well, somewhat. So the original Valentine's Day was, um, it's also referred to as St. Valentine's Day. It's on February 14th, but the origins of the festival are actually from a Roman festival called Lupercalia. Or, oh. I probably didn't pronounce that with the right accent, but, you know, <laughs> close enough. Um, so I, I did some research into Lupercalia, and yeah. it was an ancient Roman festival that was held on February 15th every year. Oh. And it was right. um, under the control of a group of priests called the Luperci or Luperci. I'm not sure how you say it. It's L-U-P-E-R-C-I. And um, the origins of the festival are a little obscure, but they suspect that it's derived from the name Lupus um, because that particular group of priests were thought to have been related back to sort of the the she-wolf who nursed Romulus and Ramus. And it was a a fertility rite festival. Um, They would sacrifice... This part's a little gross, so I'm going to, you know temper it a little but basically they would yeah. they would sacrifice a goat and a dog right um on the altar and mm-hmm. um they would use parts of the goat uh-huh to um eh, there's not a nice way to say this they would use par- <laughs> parts of the goat to um they wouldn't hurt them but they would basically like hit the women with them lightly to mark them, and um, you mean you mean there? No, no, just, just in general. Just in, in, hit people in general. They would okay, they would walk right. through the streets, and they would they cut some of the goat skin into um, thin strips, and they would use it to kind of like anoint the women um, throughout um, throughout the town. And if you were hit by this anointing goat skin. Um, it was supposed to be something that would render you fertile for the next year. Huh. Right. Okay. People had weird ideas about what caused fertility. <laughs> yes. Yes, they uh, did. But why specific? Right. That from that story, the only thing that I got is why specifically a goat. Why is that the symbol of fertility? I don't know. When the phrase "hung like a horse" meant. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. But I do know um, that in 494 CE, the Christian church under Pope Galasius I um, appropriated the form of the rite as uh, the Feast of the Purification. So they they twisted it slightly from being just a straight-up fertility rite. So it's more about being pure and having, like, a good heart and that kind of thing, I guess? Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. But considering the church appropriated it, it's not surprising that they then chose the day before to become a saint holiday. Because they did that a lot. They would appropriate holidays where they could. I really didn't know that that happened much. I mean, I know there are saint days, but I don't, I can't say I pay attention to too many of them. I think the main reason we know about St. Valentine's Day 
is because it's more shoved in our faces than perhaps some of the other ones. Uh, ironically, Very you true. probably know more about St. Patrick's Day than I do. <laughs> well, I mean, yes and no. I know about the American version of St. Patrick's Day, but yeah. my understanding is that that is not exactly what goes down in Ireland. I, I wouldn't have a clue. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, okay, so... St. Valentine of Rome. Okay, so... Oh, apparently the St. Valentine of Rome, who died in two, two, uh, two, 290, yeah, 269, sorry. Uh, so, like, that celebration became around, so, 200 years later after his death, roughly? Yeah? Uh, like, 200, mm-hmm. 269 to 496? 230 years-ish? Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, and apparently there are numerous there are numerous martyrdom stories associated with uh, the Valentines. That mm. seems a bit odd, but to be fair, love can make people do weird things. I mean, yeah, true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and there, there actually are. I forgot to mention this. There are some historians who don't believe that Lupercalia necessarily had a lot to do with Saint Valentine's Day. Mm. At least. Um, not directly, perhaps, but in uh, part of it is that, where'd it go? Sorry, looking at my notes. Um, there are uh, different martyrdom stories dealing with different Valentine's saints, because there's three different saints yeah. that are all Valentine's yeah. um, that are connected to February the 14th, mm-hmm. depending on the legends you look into. Um yeah. Uh, the one that's romantic mm-hmm. is that um, Saint... uh, it's one from Rome. Yes, for who was imprisoned for performing weddings for soldiers who were, who were forbidden to marry and for ministering to Christians, but uh, prosecuted under the Roman Empire. So yeah. basically, they spent their time marrying people who other other laws were deemed not allowed to. Right, because at that particular time, that saint, um, so the legend says anyway, the uh, the emperor of Rome at the time had, mm. had decided, for whatever reason, that married men didn't make as good as soldiers because they were worried about their wives and their families. And so he... I mean, sure, yeah. makes sense in some kind of fashion, I guess. Yeah, so he had basically put down a decree that, because he had a war going on, that young men could not get married. Because in his mind, that would make them worse soldiers, and he needed more soldiers. Um, and, yeah. and this particular saint, St. Valentine, was like, that's stupid, these people are in love, I'm going to marry them, and kept doing it anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because even if you can't marry the person that you that you want to marry, that doesn't suddenly make them not care about the people they're, mm-hmm. that they're, like revolved with that, mm-hmm. I think it's a very short-sighted solution to a problem that maybe doesn't exist and also like if the last thing that you could do before you leave uh, and go fight for your country is to marry the woman you love isn't that something that people would should be allowed to do at least that's just my interpretation I guess I don't disagree with you, but that particular <laughs> emperor did for whatever reason. I mean, I mean, on site tangent, um, 
my character did that before they went into the abyss to fight Orgus <laughs> in D and D, but you know, that's that's a little different, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, just slightly. It's a kind of war. It's a kind of war. It's a kind of war. True. But yeah. Uh, and on that fun little um, segue tangent, whatever it call it, uh, I think that's probably a good time to go for a break because we're already at half time. Oh. Because okay. we, yeah, we we like to ramble apparently. All right. Hey, you know a little. Yeah, I mean, how many of our episodes are actually half an hour? Of of us discussing something. Uh, yeah. Probably only the solo episodes because anything, anytime we get together, we go off on tangents. Absolutely. All right. <laughs> so yeah, uh, and we just did another tangent to getting into the middle. <laughs> oh boy. All right, but it's fine. We'll see you all in a minute. Uh, all right, and then we'll continue talking about other myths and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. All right. And welcome to the mid roll. Hi, what doing the thing? No, yeah. the thing we always do. <laughs> Just like every week. Um, mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about our amazing sponsors, and I want to talk about World Anvil. It's an amazing website, WorldAnvil.com. It's the most robust campaign management software that exists out there online today. They even won an any award for how amazing their campaign management software is. And Mm -hmm. you don't just have to use it for campaigns. If you're an author and don't necessarily play a lot of RPG games, you can still use the website because they specifically have a version of it that's for authors to build their worlds that they're creating for their stories so that your readers Mm -hmm. can look and see how things connect and where the storylines are going and how this person knows that person and help keep track of all the information. You can basically create a wiki of your story or if you're doing a streaming game or just a game for your players, you can create basically a wiki of your game so that everyone can keep track of what's going on. And it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, that's how the, uh, that's what it was originally designed for in the first place, wasn't it? Because of the, the, the owner's wife was writing a book and wanted a place mm-hmm. to put all of their information. Mm-hmm. And then it turned into a not only just world building, but story building, campaign management mm-hmm. and all of that good stuff. Yeah. And yeah, it's an amazing resource. It's got amazing, it's like when I filled it out for one of my characters before, the questions go into such detail that you'll think about things that you really didn't ever think that you'd need. Mm-hmm. But that's always a good thing. So, yeah, it's yeah. a great website. Go check it out, worldamble.com. Yes, definitely. Yes. And also, sponsoring the Smith Network are Die Hard Dice over at Castle Die Hard. Mm-hmm. They create gorgeous, stunning, magnificent. Ooh, Heather showed me dice, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't have dice. Yes, they're still in the packet, so we don't get any ASMR crackle, unfortunately, this oh, time. I, I have other ones I can do that for. Oh, Ooh. oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fun dice. This is yes, some other metal have... dice. <laughs> yes, you can tell from the, the lovely clinking, uh, which are basically their flagship product. They're, that's what they focus on. They create their own molds for them. The numbers are easy to read. The colors are striking because they design them all in-house and they color test them exclusively like uh, and extensively. Like they've, they've like gone back to the drawing board like on a couple of dice sets because they weren't happy mm-hmm. uh, before they came out. So yeah, you can find all the sort of colours you'd like, you can also find from their mix series, which they keep adding to, of like dual colour spellbinders. Uh, yeah, so pretty. Uh, so, so pretty. I love them. I 
don't bother looking for metal dice anywhere else because I just love them so much. Uh, well, compared to Shogun 11 too. Uh, they also have like their great accessories like the Scroll of Rolling, which can hold two full dice sets and a couple of extra dice, and rolls out to be a good rice, uh, di- rice? dice rolling. <laughs> that. That's what I meant to say. Uh, that, which you know, D and D on the go, D and D in a portable way, is amazing. I love it. Uh, if you have a look around and you find anything you like, you can use the code Geek Thyself to get 15%. That's 1515 off your first or your next order with them. Mm-hmm. There's free shipping in the US and there's discounted Amer- uh, international shipping. So if you want to roll with the best, all you need to do is go to dieharddice.com. Yep, I actually used the code to uh, get my dice so that I got a discount. Mm-hmm. Oh, which, which ones did you get? Oh god, I don't remember the names, but they're pretty. Uh, is it like Silver Moonstone or something like that? I think one of them might be. So I got yeah. um, this wispy set that's got blue and purple swirls through oh, it. Oh, the wispy ones are nice. And then I got this um, sparkly one that's got a little bit of like wispy purple and iridescent white through it. You know, mm. and it's all sparkly. Yeah. And then I got this, uh, it's purple Oh wow, and... so many dice. Yes, I like dice. Purple and blue swirled mm-hmm. um, with sparkles. Yeah. And this, they sent me a set for free as a gift, which is really nice. It's something oh. they do quite often if yeah. you order a few sets. But they sent me a free one, which is um, an iridescent it's... and pearlescent white. Oh, that's with, gorgeous. It, it's it's purp- kind of a purpley pink and Ooh. yellowish green iridescent to it. I like it. But they're very pretty. Uh, I- yeah, one of my favorite sets of dice is actually a free one they gave uh, when Kyle ordered me some for, for my birthday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and it was the Purple Moonstone set they just announced, and my god, they're so pretty. They really like, are. They, they've got really deep purple numbers, and they sort of shine, uh, which, like, like, like Moonstone. Mm-hmm. It, I don't know how they really did it, but I love it so much. And now that we've finished rambling on about them just a little bit, we'll get back into the episode. But yeah. to be fair, they deserve a bit of rambling, so it's yeah. not a big deal. Gorgeous dice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So we'll see you back with the talk about loving things like we love dice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who doesn't love a good dice? That or is 17. And, you know, actually, as you say that, I'm like, you know, if I got dice for Valentine's Day, I'd be happy with that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, who Just wouldn't saying. be happy with that? Yeah. Mike, I hope you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> he actually doesn't listen to our episodes because usually he hears me recording it. <laughs> you know what? That's fair. So um, in terms of the Valentine's Day we know, it actually yes. started, like, at least the way we know it, instead of just a feast saint. Uh, I can't talk today. Instead of just a saint's feast day. Yes. It actually started more um, during the 14th century, so many, many, okay. many years later, because so, um, yeah. Geoffrey Chaucer uh, started writing about romantic love. Ah. And um, hold on, let me go back. Let me go to my note on the Geoffrey Chaucer part. Mm-hmm. I have to find it. Um. Yeah, so Chaucer wrote, for this was on St. It's spelled very strange, but it says, for this was on St. Valentine's Day, when every bird cometh there to choose his mate. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and the poem was written to honor the first anniversary of the engagement of King Richard III, excuse me, Richard II of England uh, to Anne of Bohemia. Okay, I know why you said Richard III, because that was the one from the War of the, Wars of the Roses. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy, we're already getting pulled back into that. Yeah, so, and yeah. so February 14th was referred to as a romantic day in this poem, and Chaucer was very big at the time. Yeah, uh, it goes on about calling them lovebirds, which is still a phrase that we use quite a lot today. Mm-hmm. And that was followed um, later during sort of like the... Uh, it started in the 14th century, but it carried on through into like the 18th century. There started yeah, to with... be um, mm-hmm. less of a focus on courtly love and more on yeah. romantic love. Yeah. Yeah, because... Uh, I'm not really sure what the court of like, the charter of the court of love. The earliest description of the 14th is yeah, uh, but oh yeah, okay. It's just going lavish festivals attended by several members of the royal court. So basically, it's like a way of getting people to of the right sort of social standing together, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, or is that that's what it used to be? I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that makes sense. So right. um. And then Valentine's poetry also started to be written around that time. The earliest surviving Valentine is one, um, it's a 15th century rondeau. I can't speak French, so I might butcher this if I try. Written by Charles, the Duke of Orleans, to his wife. Can you, are you better at French than I am? Uh, je suis d'esta d'amour tani, maîtresse de luc. Valentini, something like that. <laughs> um, yeah, there's. I don't have a translation in front of me, but I believe it basically translates to like, "You are my love, my sweet Valentine." Yeah, that's kind of what I'm getting from that. I, I took history for history. I took French for five years, and that's about as much as I could tell you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know it's just weird when you're describing someone. Uh, so, but yeah, it's, it's, I, French is not my thing. It's a very romantic language, but I don't know it. Yeah. And then, um, the earliest surviving Valentines in English Mm -hmm. are in the Paston letters written in 1477 by Marjorie Bruce to her future husband, John Paston. Um, my right well beloved Valentine. Uh And Valentine's Day is apparently also mentioned ruefully by Ophelia in William Shakespeare's Hamlet. Ophelia. Uh, Ophelia. Ophelia? Oh. I'm not cultured. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, And then there's, yeah. So yeah, and that's uh, Act 4, Scene 5 is when it's mentioned. Uh, And it's tomorrow is St. Valentine's Day, all in the morning bedtime. And I am made at your window to be a valentine then up he rose and donned his clothes and ducked the chamber door uh, letting the maid that out, that outer maid never departed more ooh uh, um mm-hmm. did the maid die? <laughs> um, okay spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen Ophelia or Hamlet Ophelia dies oh I didn't know that. <laughs> I genuinely had no idea. Oh, so, it, it, if I'm remembering correctly, this particular 
uh, versus like foreshadowing. Uh, or I mean, it is also in Act Four. I don't know how many acts there are in a Shakespeare play, but most things only have three acts, right? Or am I totally mm, off base with I'd that? I'd have to. I'd, Hamlet, um, Shakespeare plays usually have quite a few, but I'd have to look. Oh, fair enough. Uh, I only I only ever did the the sort of uh, the abridged versions in like when I was doing my sort of acting for them in high school. So I I really have no idea. Uh, John Donne used the legend of the marriage of the birds as a starting point for his ah uh, a maybe. <laughs> <laughs> E P I T H A L A M I O N. Epithalamy? Your guess is as good as mine. Epithalamian is what it looks like. Epithalamian. If if you can get that, fine. I will trust your word. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, celebrating the marriage of Elizabeth, daughter of James I of England, and Frederick uh, V, Elector Palatine, on Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. And that's a long so, one. We don't need to read that one. No, we don't. <laughs> um, and there's uh, there's some things that may seem more familiar to everyone, such as um, one of the uh, original poems, the original version of "Roses are Roses are Red, Violets are Blue." Yeah. yeah. Can be traced back to Edmund Spenser's epic, "The Fairy Queen" from 1590, where and spelt how fairy should be spelt. I'll say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's F-A-E-R-I-E. Mm-hmm. And he wrote, She bathed with roses red and violets blue and all the sweetest flowers that in the forest grew. Mm. Although blue is not representing the colour of violets. It's actually about the blowing in the wind, I guess. I think they just spelled things differently back then. <laughs> That's potentially it. I, you know what? Maybe. Maybe. There's a lot of weird spelling. Because I mean, that's not Chaucer's, how you spell blue anymore. Chaucer spelled Valentine's Day like V O H L. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. Yep. Mhm. Uh, and then, of course, if you fast forward to modern times, you know, yeah. the tradition of celebrating Valentine's Day as a romantic holiday has continued from the 14th and 15th centuries when it became really popular. Yep. And. Over the years, um, people, of course, found ways to monopolize on that by creating Valentine's Day cards and candy boxes. Roses, yeah, like red roses that you can mm-hmm. pay absorbent prices for. And, mm-hmm. you know, you have to go out to a nice restaurant in, you know... Yeah, I was actually a little bit uh, in the, about the UK. Since the 19th century, handwritten notes have given away to mass-produced greeting cards. Yep, In the UK, just under half of the population spend money on their Valentines, and around £1.9 billion pounds was spent in 2015 on cards, flowers, chocolates, and other gifts. £1.9 billion pounds on one day! What <laughs> the heck? Uh, oh yeah. my gosh. Well, in the and... mid-19th... Uh, also, am I the only one who thinks a handwritten note is way more romantic anyway? No, you're not wrong. It is. It. Uh, I mean, not in my handwriting because it's trick or scratch and you couldn't read it, but that's not the point. Uh, <laughs> the mid 19th century Valentine's Day trade was a harboring of further commercialized holidays in the US to follow. 
as we've just talked about. Uh, is, is Valentine's Day a big deal over there? Or not particularly? Here in the US? Yeah. It definitely is. Like, mm-hmm. it, we're not even in February yet when we're recording this episode, and there's already mm. Valentine's Day stuff everywhere. How long has it been out, though? Like, has it Basically, been out since, like, since, the since after New Year's. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Uh, but it's about the same here. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I know, looking at some of the stats that we have available in front of us. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so according to this, yeah. um, in 2017, yeah. the expenditures on Valentine's Day were over $18.2 billion here in the U.S. Yikes. Yep. Which is insane. What? But yeah. it's interesting because there are countries that have variations of the tradition. Well, what we think of as traditional stuff, because like for yeah. you and for England and you, the U.S., I think the traditions are pretty similar. It's like candy, yeah. cards, flowers, a date, yeah, that kind of thing. Like yeah. normally a nice sort of dinner, like that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah, yeah. But there's other countries that have slightly different variations. Um, oh yeah. The one I'm most familiar with, <laughs> shocker, is Japan. Oh, really? (laughs) Uh, So in Japan, it's actually different. So Mm. I don't know about in England. I know over here in the U.S., Mm. Valentine's Day is one of those holidays where it's often emphasized that the man should do something romantic for the woman. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty much how it goes here. Or the man is the one sorting out if they do, like, a day out. Mm -hmm. Like, they'll both exchange cards and gifts and that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. the normally, normally the man will take the, the woman out. Yes, that's how it's portrayed here. Yeah, so in Japan, it's flipped. Oh, really? And they don't necessarily do dinners <sighs> and stuff. So in Japan, what's done is actually the women give mm-hmm. chocolates to men. Okay. Um, and it's thought that one of the reasons this may be the case is that when... Um, companies first brought valentine's day stuff to japan from the west mm. that one of the like there was a translation error from one oh. of the, the people translating from like english to japanese and they got the campaign wrong and talked about the women doing it instead of the men oh interesting that's one thought i don't know that they know for sure but in, in any case the tradition over there is that women give chocolate to men okay and yeah, and it also says, like, like candies, flowers, and dinner dates are mm-hmm. very uncommon. Yeah, and there's varying degrees of this. So anyone who watches a lot of anime or reads a lot of manga will have seen this happening, I'm sure, at some point in something they've read. But in Japan, what happens is women, there, there's varying degrees of the kind of chocolate you give to people. Right. So, for example, you know, for my husband, I would... Mm it would be ex- most expected that I would make some sort of really nice, really, f- not necessarily fancy, but really nice homemade chocolate. Right. And give that to him for Valentine's Day because he's my husband. He's important to me. It's a strong relationship, that kind of thing. And like a girl who has a crush on a guy will make, will often do some sort of homemade chocolate and give it to him because it's like that extra effort and like I made this for you yeah, kind of yeah, thing. yeah. I get you. Whereas if you're buying it like, like 
women are also buy it for their coworkers. Yeah. It's, it's like uh, a, uh, you know, you're so, it's, it's kind of like when you're a kid and you buy the Valentine's Day cards for everybody in your class. Like, yeah, like, you get Christ- like everyone gets a Christmas card. Yeah. Exactly. And that kind so, of like, thing, yeah. they have, like, little inexpensive token chocolate. Um, yeah. It's uh, actually uh, referred to as, um, oh, where is it? Uh, I'm not sure. But I was reading through that, and there was uh, there was um, a bit about giving unpopular coworkers chocolate, and it's mm-hmm. a specific brand of chocolate which is very cheap, and it basically says, "I'm doing this because I have to, and no other reason." Yeah, well, it's it's not a specific brand; it's got a specific name. Oh, okay. It's called Chogiri Choco. Okay. Which it it it's ref- this isn't what it translates to, but it's like ultra obligatory. So basically, it's like there are some there are some women who feel like you basically it's like when you're a kid and you have to give the cards to the whole class. Yeah. There are some women who feel like they have to give the chocolate to all their male coworkers. And now, there might be some that they're, they're fine with it because they get on with them, but like these are like the ones that they don't give them. Like it's like it it's almost an insult. It's almost an insult. Right, exactly. It's like you're still my coworker, so I'm not going to give you nothing. But I really don't want to spend a lot of money on you. Here, have this. Yeah, um, and and like it's kind of co- it communicated in that. It's just like, yeah. Right, but um, to be clear too, like if if someone works, like if someone's an office worker in like a you know hundreds of employees kind of building, they're not going to give chocolate to every single male employee because no, 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 obviously broke. not. But they would give like in whatever the their department is yeah, yeah. yeah whatever their department is or whatever their section is they yeah. would give chocolate to them or like yeah. if they're in school like some mm. high school girls might get inexpensive little chocolate bars or something to give to all their male classmates um as like a giving chocolate to everybody kind of thing but then yeah. they might save a fancy one for their boyfriend or for whoever or they their like. crush yeah 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 and actually it's not uncommon for in Japan for girls to use Valentine's Day as a day to confess to whoever they like because they can give the guy a nice chocolate and be like I like you will you go out with me oh that's really cute Uh, I've actually just read also in this uh, Japanese chocolate countries make half of their annual sales during this time of the year Mm -hmm. oh yeah it's huge it's huge well yeah it sounds like it's more of like a social contract so Yes, well, and there's um, also, um, girls will also buy chocolate for each other. Uh, mm. uh, um, and they, it's referred to as tomo choco, which it means friend chocolate. Okay. Choco is chocolate. So yeah, 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 yeah. I got that right. Um, so uh, tomo, tomodachi is friend. So tomo mm. choco is friend chocolate. Oh, that's, and so, that's they'll, sweet. They'll give it to their friends. And the fun thing is that then in the 1980s, the Japanese confectionery industry realized, hey, wait, it's only the girls doing it this one day. We can make more money. <laughs> so um, they have a second holiday called, uh, they call it White Day. Uh-huh. And, and, and it's basically it's the other way around. Yeah. And it's March yeah. 14th. And it's also referred to as a reply day. Oh. I did quotes, reply day. So yeah. the men then give chocolate to the women. However, oh. um, the white day um it's usually white chocolates 
Mm-hmm. So like on on Valentine's Day, it's usually milk, milk. chocolate or dark chocolate or whatever. And then on White the Day, they'll often do dogs. white chocolate. <laughs> Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. No one likes white chocolate. <laughs> uh, no, that's just my opinion. Uh, I'm not. I'm not the fan, biggest fan of white chocolate, but I'm also mm-hmm. not the biggest fan of dark chocolate either. I just like my milk chocolate, and that's fine. Yeah, and it's it's interesting also because mm-hmm. the the date night situation that you would expect to have with Valentine's, Valentine's Day, Day for couples yeah. is actually Christmas Eve. Oh, really? Instead, yeah, Christmas. That's... Yeah, spending the bigger deal is spending the night with your boyfriend or girlfriend on Christmas Eve and going out to somewhere Christmas Eve and not Valentine's Day. Uh, Valentine's Day is just the girls give chocolate. White Day is the boys give chocolate. Yeah, um, that's very really interesting. Yeah. And to be fair, they've they've cornered the market on making girls do it first. So. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, uh, okay. <laughs> Uh, that's really yeah. interesting, and I think that's probably a good place to end. Just like looking at a different culture one, because again, we've done the thing where mm-hmm. we've gone over time, but you know it always happens. You know this now. You, if you don't know this by now, where have you been? Even if you've only been listening <laughs> since the start of this season, we do it every time. I mean, yeah, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Like thirty minutes. That's a guide. It's not a rule. <laughs> True. Uh, but yeah, but that's really interesting. That's actually mm-hmm. that's really interesting that they've kind of yeah, it's completely co- flipped from what we think of over here in like the yeah. UK and the US. And I'm I'm not familiar with a lot of other international mm. Valentine's Day celebrations, but being someone who is half Japanese and therefore interested in the culture, and also being someone who loves anime and manga, I've seen a lot of it. Yeah. In the different shows. Like yeah. if you anyone who watches any kind of shoujo or reads any kind of shoujo um, manga or anime, which is basically the ones that are like fr- not froofy, but like teenagers, and sometimes there's romance, and there's usually girls who have crushes, and it, you know that kind of stuff. Oh, is that why the magazine's called Shonen Jump? Yep. Ah. Oh, well, Shonen is a Shonen is a different kind of um, anime and manga. Oh. Right. Okay. Oh, that's hey. They, we've got another topic. Uh, we absolutely do. We absolutely <laughs> do. I, I'm not very familiar with anime, but I'd love to learn. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. All right. But yeah. Tune we in will, next week. Yeah. I mean, probably. Yeah. But with that, we'll wrap up this one. Uh, if you are celebrating this week, we hope that you have a great time and don't get too caught up on uh, just mm-hmm. on what you do. Just spend the time with the people that matter to you. Yes, yes, I'm going to be sappy right at the end of this because, yeah, that's <laughs> whatever. But yeah, I hope you have a good week. Have a great weekend. And mm-hmm. uh, we'll see you again next week with apparently maybe talking about anime. Well, I'm fine with yeah. it. <laughs> Looks right. like that. <laughs> okay, bye guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Geek Thyself. Don't forget to check out all the other amazing content on the Nerdsmith Network. If you have any questions for either of us, you can get in contact with us on Twitter at geek underscore thyself. You can also email us at geekthyself at nerdsmith.org. And please don't forget to go to iTunes and leave us a review or also go anywhere you listen to your podcasts. We'll be back next week with another informative and fun episode. And until then, don't forget to geek thyself. Geek thyself.